0: Hey, hello, and welcome to Killer Serials. This is Tony Jones. Hey, this is Ryan Parker. And we are talking about WandaVision 104. I think it's just actually episode four, because I think there's only one season, right, Ryan? Isn't this a limited series? I don't know yet. I think that probably if, if it's hugely popular, Disney Plus will be like, actually, here's, here's, we can bring people back from the dead, so what's stopping us from doing a whole nother season? Are you watching The Mandalorian still? Yeah, I am. I finished the first season with my son and I'm I'm actually talking to you from a hotel room in Huron, South Dakota where I'm sneaking in one last pheasant hunt of the season and then we're going Hey, do you
1: think this is the first time in human history that somebody has recorded a podcast about a Marvel series while pheasant hunting in South Dakota? Probably.
0: Ryan, you want to know something? I have a very fond memory of you related to a uh, pheasant hunt in South Dakota. You want to hear it? Sure.
1: <laughs> I'm nervous about what this memory no, is. I,
0: I I remember I remember vividly. I was driving. Uh, I had like an. I was actually riding shotgun from one town in South Dakota to another. It's about an hour and a half drive, and I remember where we were on the road, whose truck I was in when we, you and I got on a conference call and we were invited to come out to California and be consultants on season three of The Path on Hulu.
1: We've got to make some new memories.
0: <laughs> that was a while we need ago. To get on a new show. It's that a was a great, long time ago. It's a great memory that I, I have uh, from being in South Dakota. Anywho, um, I am watching The Mandalorian and we're going to dive into season two When I
1: get back to town tomorrow. Tony, you have a guest for this week's podcast. Well, wait, weren't you going to ask me something about the Mandalorian? Or was that just like, was that it? Are you still watching the Mandalorian? That was kind of it. We can come back. I know where you are now. We can talk about it later. Okay. Well, look, Ryan, we have uh, of of our
0: scores and dozens and hundreds and thousands of podcast listeners to killer cereals. One of them reached out to me and said, I have a theory about what's going on in WandaVision. Now, had our guest been a little quicker on the trigger, we would have had him on last week, and he could have talked about uh, his theory before it was revealed. Now all of our listeners just have to take our word for it that he pretty much predicted what happened in episode
1: four. So from... I actually have the text... I can I can oh. upload the image of the text that you sent me <laughs> before this week's episode. Ryan, will put it in the show notes. Happened.
0: Tommy yes. Hall
1: coming to us live from Beattyville,
0: Kentucky. Tommy, welcome to Killer Serials. Well, thank you. It's great to have uh, you, uh, Tony. Yeah, go ahead, Ryan.
1: Tony, give us some. Tony, give us some backstory on Tommy. How do you guys know each other? Why? What's Tommy doing? Tommy and I. I'll just say this, we have danced
0: together <laughs> and sang Is together, right? And we, what did we sing? i can't I can't remember. I was summer was it summer loving? We did karaoke together, and I don't I can't say that I <laughs> was fully in control of my faculties during that evening. But we were at a youth ministry conference together. We've actually been good friends for many years. We've been at youth ministry conferences together, and we text a lot. So, yeah, that's Tommy. Tommy's a volunteer youth pastor and otherwise a district court clerk. Is that right? That's correct. But also a husband, a father of two kids, and generally a moral and upstanding citizen of Beattyville, Kentucky. (laughs) Yeah. So, Tommy... are you are you are you a self-professed comic book nerd that's why we have you on here to to teach us some things
2: i am uh yes i read a lot of comics okay before we get before we
0: get to your theory which was proven i think correct in 104 unless you know there's another twist there's a little m night Shyamalan thing coming three or four episodes down the line here but First of all, give us backstory, like a thumbnail sketch of what we need to know about Wanda and about Vision. Who are they?
2: Well, in the comic books, uh, Wanda is a mutant and Vision is an android. Now, in the Marvel Universe, she's not a mutant. Wait, 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 wait. She is a mutant, or she isn't a mutant. I don't understand. She is not. She she is a mutant, or was, but they they rebooted that in the comic books because of Fox and Marvel Studios having problems with production. They Marvel changed her to just I don't know what they call them superhero. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. She she is a X Men villain's daughter, Magneto's daughter. Okay, but they redid that. And so, but in the movies, Vision has been dead for a while. That's that's why you see his corpse in the last episode, Oh. where he was all gray with the big hole in his head. That's where yeah. Thanos ripped out ripped yeah. out the stone. Okay, but yeah, she is known when she gets upset, she manipulates reality. So that's how I knew. Or, but in the in the show, the the commercials have Hydra, the bad guys. Every commercial has like I think in. Episode three. There's yeah. a soapbox, and it said from Hydra, they're bad guys. So I don't know if Wanda is being forced to manipulate this reality, or if she's just doing it because she's emotional and wants the perfect life.
1: Tommy, I'm not a self-professed comic book nerd. I love uh, superhero culture and have read about it widely. I have a select s- subscription to some various comics. Of what you know, watched all the movies and stuff. Tony, if you could see Tony, he's just shaking his head like he understands. <laughs> but I know. What well, you're I actually
2: about. sent Tony a comic book to read, and I doubt he ever finished it. He, he couldn't get through it, it was over his head. So, what did you send him? Identity Crisis. It's a DC comic.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a good one.
2: It is, but he couldn't get into it. <laughs> I, I have to profess, I'm a, I'm a DC comics person mostly, but I still read some Marvel. So.
0: Okay, so you're it. telling me that Marvel in the in the Marvel comics she's a mutant? Yes. But in the when when somebody refers to the Marvel universe, that's the like TV movie version. That's different.
2: That's different. Yes.
0: If someone says Marvel universe, they're talking about on screen, not in a comic
2: book. Or Marvel I said Marvel Studios. It's Marvel Studios version of their heroes. The movie why? Version.
0: Why did they change her from a mutant to whatever she is now? What? What do you mean they had production problems? And wasn't she also considered a witch in the comics?
2: Uh, they called her Scarlet Witch, and I guess she was kind of a witch because Agatha is also a witch. The the her neighbor, her friend, is also a witch. It, if they're going by the comic books. Okay, But no, Fox had rights to X-Men, and she's from the X-Men line originally. She's actually yeah. in X-Men Days of Future Past, I think, as a little girl. And her brother Quicksilver, Pietro, is one of the main characters in the X-Men movie, which was being made the same time Wanda and Pietro were introduced in the Avenger movies. This is so confusing. It, it's okay. very confusing.
0: Okay, so in this previous iteration of her is she in love with vision is she married to vision does she have some kind of connection with him
2: they have children they they were in love but then i think ryan mentioned in the last podcast about the vision comic book by tom king okay where vision had a had her android wife instead yeah (laughs) so (laughs) all right
1: (laughs) tony it always helps and and tommy it'd be interesting to hear you talk a little bit that about this broadly speaking before we talk about the details of this episode and this particular series but it can be confusing for people who don't spend a lot of time in these worlds to see okay there's like 50 iterations of batman yeah or and i just i find it helpful to just think about it in terms of mythology and scripture uh is that there are authors who are playing with these characters setting them in different timelines setting them up against different counterparts and enemies. And I wonder, as somebody who lives in that space of scripture and mythology and religion, does that shape the way you think about these worlds
2: at all? I don't think I've ever thought about that before. It, for me, comic books was always an escape. Next question. Next question. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no,
1: that's fair. That's fair enough. I, but I've always, I, and somebody said that to me, uh, I, you know, this is not my idea, but it can be confusing when you look at all these different, you know, runs and these, uh, the different s- cinematic universes, who owns the rights to what. And I think that the Scarlet Witch is kind of a good example. Wanda is a good example of, of a character that's kind of crossed over those two different universes, as you've already said. But I don't know, that's uh, to, to Tony, I would say it's just... These are mythological characters that people just play with. And for the purposes of this series, I think you could watch it without knowing the intricate backstories and still enjoy it, is what it feels like to me. But
2: Well, think of it this way, like uh, Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ. You know, that's his interpretation of, of who Christ was. And the movies are an interpretation of how the comic book characters are, though they really don't match up in some ways.
1: Yeah. It's also good to pick Mel Gibson's movie because it's nothing about Jesus. So... It's great. It doesn't match up at all either.
2: Well, just think about when you read a good book and they make it a movie, how the movie is so much different than the book. That's basically right. Let's just go with right.
0: that. Yeah. Okay. No, I I mean, I get it, <laughs> but no, because what they do in comics, which you've already admitted is they will just hit a huge reset button yep. on an entire universe. And all the characters will get reborn, or oh, we were in bizarro world the entire time. Like they play fast and loose with the rules in ways that they don't in myths. I agree that they're always, you know, they're often competing myths or or myths take different shapes. But what they seem to do in these, in these, with these comic book characters is, you know, there's kind of a core truth about Wanda, and then they can take it wherever they want in the comic book. They can take it wherever they want in in a TV show or a movie. And there, there's kind of no guardrails. Again, I'm an outsider looking in, but I, that that's just how I see it. Which, look, I don't have a you know I don't have an, a problem with that. That's their prerogative. But it does become confusing to those of us who are uninitiated trying to figure out who is who. And what superpowers they have or what, you know, who they had kids with or whatever. So anyways, what we're dealing with here is it it seems some kind of past where Wanda and Vision were in love and had kids, at least in the comics. And this is where maybe, Tommy, you can tell me, you know, tell our listeners what you texted me last week that you had as a theory for what was going on I'll in have the to show. go back through my text.
2: Oh, my theory is that this is all in her head. She created this. It's not Wanda and Vision. It's Wanda's vision. It's her idea of a perfect world. Because you said Vision is already dead. Yeah. And she killed him. She did. And, and she then, well, killed then, him. In the movie, Thanos brought him back and then killed him again. So it's... Wait, so she killed him
0: the first time and then Thanos killed him the second time?
2: Yeah, well, within like two minutes of both why did Why did Wanda kill him? Uh, to save the universe. She had to destroy the stone in his head that Thanos was after. So he begged her to kill him. So it's kind of a mercy killing. It is. She didn't want to, but she did. This happened in a movie? Yeah. Avengers okay. Infinite War. Or
0: Infinity. I guess I didn't see that one. Did it also happen in a comic book?
2: Uh, not to my knowledge, no. Okay, okay.
1: <laughs> um. All right. So the, the idea, I'm going to try chime in here, the idea that you've just presented has some history to it. Maybe you could talk about that. But the second question, somewhat related to that, in episode four, which is what we're talking about this week, we do understand that this is an alternate reality or a parallel universe because we see the barrier around, what is it, Westview, and we understand where the voices are coming from that Wanda hears in episodes one through three. And we're still not quite sure if indeed this is of her making or if she's trapped in it. But I, it is intriguing. It's the question that Randall Park's character asks in the episode. Why the different eras, right? The 50s, 60s and 70s. And maybe there's no no answer to that question yet. And maybe there never will be. But that is an intriguing thing to think about. And why is it? manifesting itself in these ways to these outsiders. Maybe talk a little bit about your uh, your perception of that, of the way in which her reality is presented, and then what you shared with Tony about kind of some of the, the backstory of it.
2: Well, when you think about those old sitcoms, you know, their problems were nothing. You know, life was still good. And that's what one to once. you know, if, if we had the ability to create the perfect world, we would do it. And you notice in the episodes, I, I think it was I think it was this last episode where vision says something and it rewinds to him saying it again. Like she removes where he was I think he was saying something's not right here or this isn't right. I can't remember. yeah, that's right, but it seems like she's in control of it all because she's working so hard to keep her dream life going. She's willing to hurt somebody else to keep it going,
1: yeah, like with the beekeeper. You know, she said we don't know what happens, but she says no, right? And it resets. Yeah.
2: And also with the the female that was in the home with her, you know, she pushes right. her through the a wall. Agent. Yeah, she yeah she sends her flying out of her reality. Yeah. So it, Rambo. it's Rambo. Yeah, Rambo. That's it. It's it's all Wanda wanting to keep control of her life.
0: Now, Tommy, you said that Wanda, part of her character is that when she gets emotional or upset, her powers change reality? Does she have control of that? Or is it more like kind of an Incredible Hulk kind of thing?
2: It's it's more of like an Incredible Hulk kind of thing, I guess. Um, because in the comic books, she is upset and she says, no more mutants in the comic books. And she wipes out half the mutant population and no more mutants are born for a long time. And so she changed a whole group of people's lives. It's like she she does things without thinking of what's going to happen afterwards or how it's going to affect everybody else. Well, and you see in the first episode when the boss's wife is saying, stop it, stop it. She looks to Wanda and says, stop it. And so it's like the characters, the neighbors actually know something's not right. Well, they've even said it, you know, who are you? Why am I here?
0: Yeah. Okay. I get, I get that. So, so when it starts raining, inside people's houses, that's kind of Wanda's powers not in her control. Whereas when she whips up a fancy dinner in the kitchen, that's when she is using her powers in control. I, I, there, there was one thing I wondered about, though. Maybe you've got a theory on this. Why did, when, when Vision's boss was choking on food, why did she tell vision? Why, why couldn't she save him and get the piece of food out of his throat? Why did she tell vision to do it? And then what superpower does he have that he can reach into somebody's body and extract something?
2: Well, he's able to phase through things. He's becomes like a ghost, I guess you'd say. Um, That's one of his abilities, flight, super strength, super speed. And he can phase and I think he can shoot lasers out of his jewel on top of his head or his stone. Okay. So that was something
0: th- that she couldn't do, but he could, even if this is her, you know, vision of reality or whatever. That's something he could do is phase through a, a material object like his boss's throat to pull that piece of food out. And she couldn't do that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now doubling down on this on this episode four, what is Sword?
2: Um, it's kind of like um, Shield, but you probably don't know what that is since you've not watched the rest of the movies or comic books. It's a government agency. <laughs> it's like a, okay. a, a sister. I think it's a sister to Shield. I'm not sure. Do you know Ryan? Yeah, I
1: think so. And I, I immediately thought about obviously Shield, Sword, and Shield. But yes, it's like a kind of. It's like a FBI, but for superheroes and mutants
2: think think x-files the the type of things that the what was it sully i don't remember the other name that they had to do tony with x-files
1: was a popular sci-fi show back in the <laughs> 90s you probably missed that S- all i remember people. all i remember
0: is that david
1: Duchovny is a sex addict
0: that's all i remember <laughs> about that show
2: okay sorry i didn't mean to snort <laughs> That might be the first snort ever on Killer Cereals. I love it. I was trying to be in control of it, but it didn't work. So,
0: all right, Tommy, what did you make of episode? Four? Well, for, let me ask Ryan first. Ryan, episode four starts. I mean, it is like if if we if we had the sound effects of a screeching, you know, tires hitting the brakes or taking a hard left turn or something. We're we are violently ripped out of Wanda's world and into the modern day. We're we're out of the Matrix or we're out of the Truman Show, and we're out. You know, we're we're seeing real life where they're trying to figure out somebody's been missing in a town, and we find out also that there's been this thing called the blip. The is, is Tommy. Is this is the blip something that? A comic yes. book fan would know.
2: Well, it's it's in the movies. Okay, it's it took place in uh, the last two Avenger movies. Thanos snapped his fingers and erased, I think, half of the population half of the cosmos. Yeah, yeah, and half of the, the
1: half of the cosmos. And then, and end game, the the whole goal is the the Avengers are trying to figure out how to go back in time and 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 stop that okay or reverse that
2: that's why when the the show the episode four starts out she's like coming back to get she's forming back in the hospital room yeah that's that's she'd been gone for five years for people who've watched
1: the movies this episode really situates us in a t- at least in a time more clearly than we had you know we had been in the first three episodes I, I in my opinion just so,
0: these people all coming back from the blip are, it, it's contemporaneous with one of the movies where they go back in time and undo the blip or something like that. Correct. Okay. So, she comes back from the blip and they send her in to figure out what's happening in this Westview. And what do you make, Tommy, of this episode as it unfolds? Basically, I mean, we don't know who's made this created world. We just know that it's inaccessible to people from the outside, unless it sounds like you get sucked in through the the force field, or you like the the guy who starts with the like radiation suit and ends up in the beekeeper suit, climbs in through a tunnel underneath. Let's just talk about that for a second. It seems like something happens when you're passing from the real world into Wanda's world that changes you because that guy was not wearing a beekeeper suit. He was wearing a, you know, a, a radioactive suit. So what do you make of that?
2: Well, first of all, I was upset that it was ruining everything I had to say when you asked for me to be on this podcast. It Because it showed that everything I said was basically true. Like, I thought my theory was crap. <laughs> it proved you were right, man. <laughs> it did. It did, but then it took my thunder away. Um, but I liked where it started off after the, the, the new snap, they call it. Okay. When I think the Hulk is the one that snapped and brought everybody back. Um, or was it Tony Stark? I can't remember. But uh, I don't know. It was, it just made, It just confirmed everything I thought. I still think Wanda's created this. I think she's being selfish in creating this world where she's forcing people to live the life that she wants them to live. Are they living that life,
0: though? That's a that's my question is, are they living that
1: life because, or is it all just in her head? Well, I like how they've tied the people in Westview in this parallel universe to real people outside of that space. So they're living it, whether they're being forced to or not, but they are real people. They're just not figments of her of her imagination,
2: but she's forcing them to live the way she wants them to live. That's right. Right. Except right. for Agatha. I think Agatha, that's the only reason why I think maybe it's not all Wanda's fault is Agatha knows a lot more than she's letting on. Okay. By,
0: by Agatha, you mean in, in the show, she's called Agnes, right? Catherine, or Agnes, Han's character. Agnes.
2: Yes. Agnes. Yeah. Yes. So
0: it, it, t- tell me who, who is Agnes in the comic book world or in the Marvel universe?
2: Well, from what I, I have to admit, I did a little research on her after the first episode, and some are connecting her to a witch from Salem, that was someone who helped Wanda through life, but then Wanda ends up killing her in the comic books too. So I don't know if I don't know much about her, but from what I've read, is she is someone who's powerful as well. Okay,
0: we've had these little moments of the neighbors, like when they were standing by the wall. Saying, you know, we're all here because, and then they stop, and she leaves, and and the black guy neighbor across the wall who's cut into the wall with his hedge trimmers, basically. Now you think maybe they're saying we're all here because Wanda has us trapped here, or something like that. Like Wanda has us, we're here because Wanda has us pr- imprisoned in her world.
2: The rest of the neighbors who have that moment of clarity, they don't know who Wanda is. But the other neighbor always does know who she is. She's never had that moment of clarity. And I think she is always aware of what's going on.
0: And that's Agnes you're talking about. You think Agnes Agnes knows what's going on, but the other neighbors don't. Well, I think the black
2: guy knows too. I think the black guy knows what's going on as well.
0: Herb, yeah. Yeah, Herb. Okay. And then let's talk about the centerpiece of this episode is Monica Rambo, who comes back from the blip goes into Wanda's world and then gets cast out of Wanda's world after kind of getting found out and as the episode's coming to a close she's kind of coming out of you know getting knocked out or whatever from being cast out of the world and she says it's all her you know it's Wanda it's Wanda's as as you predicted Tommy this is Wanda's vision
2: Yes. A side note is Rambo is actually a superhero in the comic books. Her character is. She's called the Spectrum.
0: But not here? Not here. Or do you think she is a superhero? Not here here
2: as yet. Not here as yet. No, I'd say she's just an agent.
0: What's that symbol on her necklace that
1: Wanda sees? It's a sword. Oh, so that's the symbol of that agency. One of the things I wanted to say about this episode is how I'm convinced we need any series whether it's superhero or not, with Katherine Hunt and Randall Park. I just think they're the best at what they do. They're the best in whatever they're in. And if we can have the two of them with their own show, that would be amazing. Tony, I think you also had a theory last week. It'd be interesting to see what Tommy thinks about this. That it's not a theory, maybe it's more of a critique. This series is the perfect series for the time in which we lived during covid and all the crises that are around us because we're uncertain about our future. We're uncertain about what's happening around us. And some of us can roll with that uncertainty through whatever spiritual practices or whatever, how we get through the day, alcohol, marijuana, whatever. Um, But some of us create our own realities. And uh, there's a certain type of person that does this. We see them a lot on TV. (laughs) <laughs> they're in the news and they're kind of like Wanda in my opinion if that is indeed what's happening because they can't handle reality they create a fictional world that feels better and they're going to they're going to protect that or preserve that at any cost. Tommy when you heard T- Tony talk about the series in that way maybe not as specifically as I just did did that resonate with you did you feel the same way about the series that it is is kind of commentary is too strong of a word but reflective of the time we're in
2: oh yeah i can definitely see that like if i had wanda's abilities i would be creating my own reality right now i mean it would be selfish but i would do it but yeah um we a lot of people live in denial about things or a lot of people spin things they want them to be spun but yeah i can i I agree with how tony views it
0: tony look at you two for two that's what i like to hear tommy that's what i like to hear people All validating right, fellas, your reality. <laughs> Before we go, let me ask you this. Here here's the big uh, metaphysical question for the the two of you. How is the Christian story or the Bible or the gospels or the stories of Jesus a constructed reality? Do we do those of us who profess Christian faith Basically, have we done the same thing and constructed a reality which, you know, like Tom even says, Wanda's vision is basically selfish, self-serving. It's the kind of world that she wants. I mean, we might look at the QAnon supporters and be like, these people are living in a fantasy world that they've created some alternate reality where you know, democratic leaders are pedophiles and Trump is going to proclaim martial law and save the world. And we laugh about uh, how ridiculous that alternate reality is. We might look at, you know, Mormons and and their sacred undergarments and their uh, founder who talked into a hat and translated golden tablets that nobody else ever saw and roll our eyes, be like, what a crazy, fictitious world they live in. But don't all of us live in fictitious worlds? I mean, that's the I I, I recently rewatched one of my favorite movies ever, uh, The Matrix, and you know there's this allusion in in the Matrix to Jean Baudrillard's simulacra and simulation, which was a text that affected me deeply, which argued that we all are living all the time in these made up worlds and in our own illusory frameworks that that are self-serving. So, uh, I mean, maybe this is deeper than this show really is, you know, means to go, but I guess that's the
1: question it raises for me. I live four blocks away from the Church of Scientology headquarters, and I temper my criticism of them because I know people who don't believe in any, don't have a particular faith or subscribe to any faith look at me the way i look at them so i i try to just have some sort of awareness that i it's hard for me to judge because i mean if if the story of jesus is anything it's first us a myth i mean it's an attempt to capture the life of quite frankly a hero if there was someone who walked the earth and affected people in such a profound way these very human authors are trying to capture this in some way it's a constructed narrative right that gives that gives meaning to people who follow it ascribe to it read it whatever in ways that are similar but not completely similar to the meaning that people make out of life in relation to comics and graphic novels and superhero movies hey man what do you think tommy
0: um, you don't no. have to say you don't have to say anything <laughs> about the the fact the, the the mythological uh <laughs> themes of the gospel that are going to get you let go
2: from your church. Oh well, you know, I'm not worried about that.
1: Tony, you're assuming somebody is actually listening to the podcast. So
2: <laughs> I think this podcast might be
0: the number one podcast in Beattyville, Kentucky.
2: <laughs> That's my fear. No, um I think as as you mentioned like people with conspiracy theories and stuff like that they they cling to anything that gives them hope for what they want. and it, it's sad and I, I know for me I I live in a small community with 75 churches. Um, I think there's probably 3,000 people here. It's people will fight for what they believe in even if they know deep down that it's not true and it's sad. It's sad. It's it's hard to sit back and be okay with uncertainty, but it's kind of beautiful too. Yeah, I probably didn't yeah. answer the question right at all. But I mean, it's no, good, bro. Because because people are fighting so hard to keep their realities that they're they're doing stupid stuff, and that's what we see in the show. She's doing stupid stuff. Wanda yeah. is. Yeah, Wanda's doing stupid stuff, and and that's what we do when we start to let go of our lives or realize that we're losing our grip on it, we start doing stupid stuff.
1: Next to last question, Tony. Tommy, I asked this of Tony last week. I think it was last, yeah, it was last week. You just talked about how people do stupid stuff when they feel like the world around them is falling apart, not conforming to their reality or whatever, and we're in these profoundly uncertain times. What what is your coping mechanism, for lack of a better word? Like, I assume you don't create conspiracy theories and <laughs> dive deep into those. No, I don't sound um, like it. But I wonder, I wonder what what is it for you that kind of grounds you or centers you amidst all the chaos.
2: Well, one thing I'm still doing what I did in high school on Friday nights. I still read comic books. Um, but one of the things that's helped me cope is I've enjoyed being around my family all the time. So I've because we've been stuck inside for the most part. So my new coping right. mechanism is actually listening to my son talk about basketball cards, or my youngest son talking about motocross. Which I have I I could care I, I I don't care anything about those things, but I'm learning to. So my coping me- mechanism has been to to listen to my kids basically to.
1: What's your, what's your kid's favorite basketball card at the moment?
2: Oh, I don't know. Um, I'm taking him to a, a grand opening of a, of a card shop in Huntington, West Virginia this coming Friday. Um, wow. but he sold He sold a card online for $130. Couldn't tell you who it was, but, um, he loves LeBron James, but yeah, but just listening. That's, that's one of the hardest things for me to do is to listen. And so I'm trying, that's, wow. that's my new coping yeah. mechanism. Listen to my kids. As a sorry, wait, were you saying something? <laughs> you never <laughs> listen to me, Tony. You never listen to me. Never.
0: <laughs> hey, Tommy. Well, now this is the actual last question for you. Okay. I'm not gonna ask you to make uh specific predictions about what's gonna happen next in WandaVision, but what what's your general sense of of where it's gonna go? you think that bad things are going to start to happen because Wanda's being selfish in this? Or that, that seems to be
2: what you've kind of intimated. What, what do you think? Well, one of the questions that came up for me in this last episode was, is she dragging Vision's corpse around everywhere? Because in that split second when she looked at him, he, it was his dead android body. So is everybody seeing his lifeless body being dragged around? Is she going to see that more often? You know, is she going to start realizing what she's doing, how she's manipulating the body of the man she loves or Android, whatever, of the thing she loves? Because he's no longer alive. So she's, she apparently has his body. It's just, It just was just weird to me. That's the only thing that I can think of is she's going to, apparently she's starting to see it more and more. Her, her reality slipping away. So what's she going to do to try to keep it? Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to get worse. I wonder if they're going to get into the 80s. You know, they're they're progressing pretty quick and so, you know, 80s and 90s starts the sitcoms get a little bit darker. So maybe that's where it's heading.
1: that's a good point. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that is a really good point. I do think I think you're right. I think that's maybe where it's going to go.
2: I'm glad that's recorded that you said you think I'm right. That's nice to have.
0: Oh, I wouldn't have had you on here if I didn't think you were right, bro. I'm I'm uh <laughs> I'm I'm so glad you texted me your theory. It turned out to be spot on. So thank you for that, and thanks for coming on the show, and thanks for listening.
2: Well, thanks and for having now me. We're gonna,
0: yeah, we're going to sit back, and we're going to, um, you know, with you not on here in future weeks, we are going to spend a lot of time ridiculing how wrong your predictions are.
2: <laughs> That's okay. I, I can handle it. <laughs>
0: Well, everybody, thanks for listening to Killer Serials. We'll be back next week to talk about the fifth episode of WandaVision. That's all we got for this week. Thank you. Signing off from Killer Serials. Take care. Bye-bye.